I'm Taylor Brown. This is How I Did It, the show where we talk to champions about how they achieve their dreams on and off the court. On today's show, we're talking with Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman is a female professional athlete who's played internationally. She's played in Finland. She's played in Morocco, Luxembourg, Germany, and recently played in Egypt, right? Yes. So today, Corey just got back from Egypt not too long ago. And, you know, thank you for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. So first question, Corey, um, you know, I know your background. You went to Cleveland State. Um, you had an amazing career. You broke the records there. You were the best three-point shooter in the top ten, uh, one of the best scorers. And, you know, I've seen you play. You know, you're a winner, and you know how to get it done. So my question for you to start, what's your motivation? Um, my motivation actually just started as a hobby. Um, I found a passion for playing basketball on my block with, you know, my friends, you know, that's how we connected playing sports. And then the more serious we got, we realized it's a lot of fun having, you know, winning. So, um, you know, as I'm playing with my friends and, you know, we're enjoying winning, having our great days, I became more mainstream through coaches and players. And that's how me taking basketball became more serious. It really is just a passion for me. And now it's a job and it's amazing. Got you, got you. So where are you from? Like, when did you start playing? How old were you? I know you're from New York, but what part? Uh, I'm from Queens, New York. Um, well, you know, Jamaica, Queens. And um, I started playing basketball when I was eight. But, you know, my brother didn't let me play until I was good. So he's like, you can't play with us until you're good. You know, no one wants to play with someone who sucks. So I'm just like, okay, like, all right, I'll figure it out. And you know, as I got better, I started playing with, you know, my brother and our cousins and friends. And some of my, like, main things I'm good at, like, in shooting and defense is from playing in the park. I learned how to shoot without getting blocked, quick release. And I learned that, you know, I don't want to be that mismatch on the court. So I'm just going to continue to, you know, play hard defense. So that's how, you know, everything came into play. Um, then I met a coach and at the park and he told me to come play for his team and that's how I got introduced to like organized basketball at the age of 10. Yes. So. Oh. so have you always been good at shooting threes even as a kid? No, no, not at all. Um, well, like I said, like growing up, everything was ones at the park because I literally like I did before I did organized basketball, it was all street ball, like all street ball and everything was ones to 11 and it was more so mid-range, whatever I can get that was open. Then I started to realize the further I'm out, the less people will guard me. So, yeah. Got you, got you. All right, so let's fast forward. Um, you know, you started at a young age, um, got better over time. Like, again, you had a crazy college career. And then you wanted to go internationally. Um, walk me through that. Like, how did you end up in Finland and Morocco and, you know, all the way down Luxembourg and now? Okay, so um, – in my last year in college, I was invited to the Pro Combine during the Final Four in uh, Tampa. And I met my first agent. He's American. He's, he's a really nice guy. And toward my, like, graduation date, like, as soon as I graduated, I was on the phone, like, on Skype. That's when Skype was, like, a thing. I was on Skype talking to other coaches from other teams overseas. And that's how I became, like, aware with you know, my team in Finland, they've been watching me during the season because they like to recruit, you know, in the Midwest, those conferences. And I decided to go there. And from there, after that season, 
Uh, I didn't find a job the first half of the season. You know, it happens. And I ended up in Morocco. The pay was good. The league was okay. They treated me great there. And then I transitioned back into Europe with a new agent. Yeah, so how was Morocco? Talk to me about that. Morocco was breathtaking. Like, I think that's basically, like, I've been to many countries and stuff, but I think that's, like, my favorite place. The food is amazing. The people are so, like, warm and humbling. They made it feel like it wasn't a job there because, you know, being a pro athlete has a lot of pressure. And out there, they want you to win, of course, but, you know, they have a sense of family there, and they just took care of you, and that was that was amazing. Right, right. Yeah. All right, let's talk a little bit about Luxembourg. You know, that's where we met. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, like, what about Lux? Like, how is it being an American playing in Luxembourg? Is it easy? Is it hard? You know, I, I have my opinion, but what's, what's your opinion? Um, my opinion about playing in Luxembourg, um, it's, it's mentally tough in a way because, you know, you're you're you know you're a good player you want to give everything you can you got but at the same time they want you to like bring it down a couple of notches so everyone else can be on a team and you know they don't want any lebrons or curries or nothing they just want you to help them win games but not do it their way that do it their way it's it's it was it was challenging at first because it was hard to like adjust to like you know i'm a flashy new york player besides like my twos and threes and stuff like i like to do a little bit of everything but you had to be very black and white there so and a lot of politics you know it's that's everywhere so yeah yeah but one thing I can say about Luxembourg I feel like it prepares you for the next step like wherever you go as far as you know like scoring wise being a team player leader all that I feel like prepares you so like after Luxembourg you went to Germany how was that you know you had a great first year averaging double digits like yeah talk to me talk talk to me about that well I will say Luxembourg did prepare me for Germany it I think you know, over time as a pro athlete, you start to lose the killer, like, instinct a little bit. But, I mean, after Morocco, I was on kill mode regardless because, you know, I feel like I had a good year my first year not to be picked up at first. So I had a chip on my shoulder. You know how that goes as an athlete. Like, you yeah. just want to go and prove it. But I went back to Luxembourg, and it's like every game depended on you to win that game. Like, you have to be the one to make the shot, to make the pass, the rebound. Mm-hmm. So, like, I went to Germany knowing that, win or lose that deciding factor I'm the deciding factor whether or not my team wins or loses so I think I went into every game like yo, I, I have to make these shots I have to get these steals I can't get scored on too much you know of course it's a team you know it's a team sport but you know you're the deciding factor always and I learned that in Luxembourg for Germany for sure for sure all right so one thing about you Corey it seems like you you could take a program that's like you know at the bottom or in the middle and you make them better you think yeah. that's like your niche do you think that's your thing like with your game um I think it is you know because I've, I've been on the winning side of things like in high school I had a really good program and then going into college we were young and you know I went from winning everything to losing everything so I know how it feels and what you know what goes on with the winning program and I know like how you can be down and out when you're losing so I just want to stay positive I want to stay the leader that I am and you know hopefully you know the girls just realize that it's really not fun losing. So I try to bring that and not, that's the first thing I say when I go places. It's not fun to lose, you know? Yeah, so, definitely. I got you. I got you. All right. Again, we're here with Corey Coleman and this is how I did it. All right. So next question, Corey, uh, Egypt, talk to me about Egypt. How did you end up there? Like, especially during 2020, during a pandemic and everything going on, like, was, did this happen before everything went crazy or did like, when did this happen? 
Um, well, you know, COVID did happen and it kind of hit, it hurt a lot of us pro athletes. A lot of us are still at home and stuff. And, you know, there are a lot of teams who are offering, but they're not offering, you know, I'm a six year pro. They weren't offering, you know, things I can feed my family with. So Egypt presented me with a, you know, a good job. And I played in an Arabic country before I've been to Africa, you know, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be great, great experience. So that was like my deciding factor of, you know, going to Egypt for you know, this upcoming season. Got you. So I know we talked briefly a little bit on Instagram, but like, you don't mind, you know, open a little bit, a little bit up about it. You know, what happened when you got there, the expectations, you know? Um, well, from the first day I got there, it just didn't feel right. I mean, no one from the club picked me up from the airport, but they did arrange airport travel, which was, you know, okay. It was great. You know, um, I got there, you know, besides playing basketball, you have, you do sign other things in your contract, like apartment, yeah. food, meals, you know, when you get paid, when you don't get paid bonuses, that's all plays a part in your contract. Right. So I got there. I didn't have an apartment yet because the apartment wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I didn't have Wi-Fi in the hotel and I didn't get my meals for the first uh, three weeks I was there. Dang. And then after I got my apartment, it wasn't clean. It had a, you know, insects in there. Mm. Uh, still no Wi-Fi. Then a couple of days later, the, the hot water heater works. So now I'm in Egypt with, you know, no hot water, Wi-Fi, or a clean apartment in a different country. <laughs> or my meals. I, was, I still wasn't getting my meals yet. So uh, it was pretty tough. It was pretty tough. And there's only one American per team. So it's not like you're going through it on your own, really, pretty much. So, like, you're just okay you're you're going through it on your own pretty much wow yeah that's crazy man so were you far away from the other americans or were y'all close enough where y'all can like hang out or not really um we were close enough but so what they did is they wanted to finish the season from the covid you know finish up the season mm-hmm. and then start up the new season so a lot of the, like one team that was like literally around the corner they were in the championship Okay. And I had a friend that was maybe an hour away and she only was there to finish out the, the other season. So she was there finishing out. She was in the semis also. Okay. I was there to um finish the season also, but again, there were issues with my club and they didn't get my papers in time for mm. me to play the playoffs there. So I was just out there for yeah. a month. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking you, they didn't pay you for the well, get you your meals your first three weeks. So, like, how did you, do you have, like, a side hustle, you know, something you do on the side? How are you able to provide for yourself? Um, well, during, you know, during COVID and stuff, I, I did stay busy, you know. I tried to get out as much as possible. I was in New York, the hardest hit place in uh, the United States. Yeah. So, you know, me and my friends was like, hey, let's just DoorDash a little bit. All right, Instacart. Hey, and- you know, I DoorDash, too. got <laughs> <laughs> to, man. Yeah, but it's so cool. Like you get you get out the house. Like it was it was cool. So I was able to you know make some money from that. Mm-hmm. Also, like with the money I have made overseas, I've start I've tapped into you know not forex trading. No, I'm not doing that. Well, options trading with Robinhood, yeah. and um I've been able to make like a good income from that. You know, yeah. I'm really good with you know reading up on stocks and stuff like that. So I think a major part of the income I was still making over there was from my stocks. That's dope. So what's the difference in Forex and option trading? I'm just interested. Um, Forex is uh, currencies and it's a market that's always usually open. 
And mm -hmm. options trading is when you have a contract with uh, for a hundred, like every contract is per a hundred stocks for um, for like, you know, a company and you basically, it's not like a, a betting war, but it's like, all right, cool. I have a 35 call. I want this stock to hit $35 per, per share. And when it does, you profit from that because you invested your money for them to make it up to that, to that uh, number. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's good to know. Yeah. Right, I'll, I'll give you more information afterwards. Like it's, it's very lucrative if you're good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to learn more. Okay. Good. All right, cool. So again, we're here with Corey Coleman, and this is how I did it. Go on to the next question, Corey. Uh, let's talk about, um, you know, you said you had, so you had an American agent the first time, and, you know, we both had the same agency. If you don't mind talking a little bit about, you know, that transition with going with a different agent and, you know, what happened with Egypt. Okay, so um, just to backtrack a little bit, my first agent, um, we parted ways toward the middle of the fall when I couldn't find a job. Um, he had a lot going on, personal issues, and he just realized that, you know, he just, gonna, he needs to take a break, which is fine. So we mutually agreed to, uh, part ways. Okay. And that's when I found, you know, our next agent when, um, we both had, and I've had him for five seasons, mm -hmm. you know, even, you know, I've had good seasons in other places. I was getting frustrated because mm -hmm. I'll have a great season. I'll get honors. And I was always like at the same level, you know? Yeah. yeah. I hear you. So um, I thought Egypt would be like, you know, a good breaking point because they're trying to start it pretty big. They signed a lot of WNBA prospects, a lot of girls who got drafted. Yeah. So, oh, this is going to be great for me. I get to play against other WNBA players and, you know, draft these. Not like I haven't before, but, yeah. you know, you're that one American. So you really get to showcase like this is what I do and this is why I'm over here, you know. Right. Right. So um, speaking about the agent, you know, he got me there. You know, we both were on the same page like, hey, like. This would be, a, you know, this is COVID right now. This is what they're offering. It's, it's great for you. These are the players you'll be playing against. You know, it's a great place to save your money. And also, it's a great place to play. Yeah. And um, while I was there, I was having issues. I mean, he, he really tried his hardest, to, you know, to get me everything. But, you know, these agents aren't physically there. So yeah. all they have is emails and calls that they can do for you. Yeah. And, you know, it just got to a point where I was just like, hey, like, I've been here for a month and a half, and yeah. I wasn't like on them about it, but in your contract, you're supposed to get paid. I don't care if it's a day late or two days late, three days late. You communicate right. about your salary, because that is why we're here on the contract, everything on it, yep. okay? And I decided that, you know, there was a breach in the contract with the, you know, apartment, living situations, and I realized, you know, this is not where I want to be, especially we don't have a coach yet, coach quit. There were girls, the, the club, they had a lot of changes going on because of COVID. They're known to be a great club, mm -hmm. but they had a lot of issues with, you know, players and coaches and, you know, budget. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like for me personally in my career, I don't think that's something I should have been into at the mm -hmm. moment. You know, I'm worried about everything else but actually playing basketball. So mm -hmm. I um, voiced to my agent that it would be a good idea that I left. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm back yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, respect. Respect. I mean, personally... You know, I I'll share. I had to get out of the contract. I had to pay to get out of the contract. Um, yeah. so it's it's a lot. It was it was stressful. You know, stuff I felt like too. I didn't really need to worry about. But I mean, that that's what happens. Do you think this is a just a question I would like to ask? Do you think players need agents? You know, do you feel like when you build, I guess, your name out there, or if you build your connects, do you feel like at some point you still need an agent? Would you rather be your own agent? 
I don't know. Um, so to elaborate on that, I know a lot of players who are fifth, sixth, seventh years and they don't have agents. Even myself now, I'm, I'm shopping around for an agent, but I am mostly talking to clubs, previous clubs and, you know, coaches and trainers. And I'm letting them know like, hey, I'm no longer with this agency. This is, this is what I have for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, um, it, it all depends where you are with your career. If there's someone, if you're, if you're that one player who's like stuck here, like I feel like, you know, I've been doing really good, but I haven't peaked then yeah. yeah you might want to have an agent just to be around but if yeah. you you peaked you, i mean at the end of the day you know it's a business and agents do get 10 percent of the salary from the club mm-hmm. and if you're already peaked i feel like you can get that 10 percent for yourself and a salary yeah. instead of putting an agent on who makes money off of your dreams so yeah definitely definitely yeah. but you know you do need someone for the legal aspect of course too mm-hmm. but if you know all contracts work by then i definitely feel like you can continue playing without an athlete. I hear you. I hear you. So again, this is Corey Coleman. We're here with how I did it. Next question, Corey, how did you um, walk me through like the journey, the fun stuff you were doing in Egypt, just seeing on Instagram, you know, where the pyramids are, you sliding down. What was that? Like, what was that called? Um, That was called sand surfing, okay. but I looked it up too. They call it sandboarding. I don't know. It's just like snowboarding, but it's on the sand. So I would say sandboarding. Yeah. But cool. some say sand surfing because of waves. You know, right. it depends how you how you look at it. Um, I met, I was, well, I joined an expat group on Facebook. So what that is, is a bunch of internationals who are living in the country so they can connect and you can feel some sense of home, especially when you're feeling lonely. So if anyone who does travel and they're away for a while, I definitely recommend joining a, a forum group on Facebook, you know, to stay connected, you know, of how to get around and stuff. Yeah. And I met a tour guy and everyone was recommending. So um, I messaged him like, hey, I would like to go to these places. He told us our prices, you know, in those kind of countries, you might get help for money. Yeah. So for security, you know, language barriers, he was perfect. Um, he took us, he took me and another American to the pyramids. We didn't, no one bothered us, you know, if there were any confusion, he took care of us. That was great. Yeah. Great experience, like it's breathtaking. We stayed in contact. He then became like the coolest guy ever. He messaged like, hey, you might have never heard of it, but it's called the Magic Lake. I would love to take you guys there. But of course, he's a tour guide. So like he took us there as a tour guide. He's very informational. And it was amazing. There's still photos I haven't posted. Like they have the whale museum. Yeah. The full is a fully intact whale, like fossil, like bones that they found out there. Yeah. So they keep some of the bones and skeletons and stuff in the ground. It's, It's really nice there. So that was definitely something I, I'm taking from there. It's like, all right, this didn't happen, but you know, who gets to go to a different country during COVID and who gets to go to Egypt, you know, right. for free right. and just see these things. Like it was great. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you, uh, did you take the COVID test and how many times? Okay. So um, let's keep it real here. I only took it once when I was actually sick from Germany. Okay. I got sick after I came back from Germany. Okay. And, after that, like they said, you needed a COVID test on your way home from Europe. That's when everything was going crazy. Mm-hmm. No one did a COVID check test. They just checked our temperature, gave us a piece of paper saying that we needed to quarantine. Okay. Nobody checked up on us on quarantine. Uh, if you wanted to quarantine, like I quarantined myself because I did get sick. So okay. I definitely quarantined. But for Egypt, they said you also needed a COVID test in order to board the plane. Right. Nobody checked to see if they had a COVID test. I know some people did have it just in case. Yeah. But um, 
you didn't need it i wasn't told i needed it got on a plane got there didn't need a COVID test still no one checked your temperature off a plane again they just gave you a piece of paper telling you to quarantine okay but for our basketball purposes they had me in the gym the next day with a mask on that was all so i've only took it once when it came to basketball and i've only took it because i was sick right right did it hurt down your nose (laughs) it's uncomfortable yeah i have to take one in a couple days my best friend just had a baby so i have to take the test in order to be around it oh wow man yes i love it that's tough that's tough (laughs) yeah all right so next question um what would you do differently you know like just going back overseas you know next time like what would you do differently um honestly I would go with my gut you know like you'll have agents and coaches pressuring you to sign a contract for their benefit and gain not not just the business nothing personal against anyone but I would have waited I usually sign really early like you know end of April May and if I would have waited I would have had those deals that I wanted especially when I speak to teams now they're like hey we wanted you but you know it was too late yeah so I think I would have been waited my options out more I would have did more research Mm-hmm. on you know the club and what their goal is because you know you'll have teams in the same league who just want to stay in the league yeah you have teams who want to make the playoffs and win it so you definitely something if you're a winner you want to take that into account like I'm on a team to win and not just stay in the league so yeah yeah those are things I would have done differently and um yeah I would have traveled a little bit more but you know how it is yeah. you practice and your the day off you want to just like relax but yeah. you look back at it, it's like I could have seen these places if you know I would have got out of bed on my off day but right. again in those moments you are tired from practice because at the end of the day it is a job mm-hmm. you know so yeah, yeah definitely and you were playing in Germany so y'all had like two days and stuff like that right so it was like it off like two a day like two workouts in the morning oh, yes yes two practices yeah. a day two hours depending on what the coach wanted to do it'll be two team full team practices or a shooting practice and a team practice and then we have sponsor events in between yeah so was, all that yeah it was crazy madness yeah, yeah. you busy <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right again we're here with Corey coleman and this is how i did it Corey, we got a few more questions left okay all right so you mentioned a little bit about your game like how would you describe your game overall you know just for the next coach the next teammates you know the next place you're going to be how would you describe your game um I would describe my game as like the hustle player but I'm like you know how there's Batman and Robin just to be funny I'm like more like Robin on crack you know I don't I don't ever think I'm like a Batman but you know Robin's gonna get the job done okay right like um (laughs) I would say like my strong points would be defense and shooting. I am an undersized too. Mm-hmm. So I have to, you know, I have to want it a little bit more than others sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, got to hustle, die for the ball. You know, I got to go extra hard for the rebound. You know, I've yeah. got to rebound. But um, definitely shooting and just being a hustle player. Like just, you know, giving that energy for everybody else, definitely. And being vocal, right. you know. Yeah. Right. So how do you get those rebounds, Corey? Because I remember we played against each other at one time. You always get <laughs> get a lot of rebounds. I, like walk me through it. This is the process. <laughs> um, honestly, like it's all about who wants it more. I went to like going. Okay, so like just to explain going to seminars and listening to things like this are very informational. And I went to 
a Bill Russell camp. I know he's a post player. Yeah. Had a bunch. I was probably the only guard in there. And he said something that stuck with me. He's just like, rebounds aren't about the size. It's about who wants it more. Just like defense is all about anticipation. Mm-hmm. So there could be a, a six five, you know, post player down there expecting to get the ball. But then if you want it more, you'll have it. So that's just a mentality for me. And um, I have really long arms. So I think that helps too. You know, I guess I guess be like out there with it. So yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. All right. So how long do you see yourself doing this, Corey? You know, like to your 40? I don't know. How long? <laughs> um, early 30s for sure. I, I want to go out like, you know, not like MJ because I'm not MJ. But, you know, I want to go out my prime. I don't want to, you know, go down, broken down, you know. I've been blessed not to be injured throughout, you know, not not serious injuries throughout my yeah. whole career. And I don't want it to be the, the deciding factor to why I retire. I just want to go at my peak, have a great season, mm-hmm. you know, take the most out of it. And then, you know, on my own terms, not on the agent's term or mm-hmm. on a term where I can't find a job. Like I'm going to find that job. I'm going to be able to do what I do. I'm going to say, Hey, this is my last year. That's what mm-hmm. I want to do for sure. Whether I'm 29, 30, 31, you know, I have my calling eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I respect that. All right. So I know how it is with the game, you know, waiting for the opportunity or whatever, like really don't have an answer, but if you could kind of give a brief idea, what's next for you? You know, do you want to go back to Europe? Like when, you know, what's your timeline? Like, um, expectations and speaking into existence, I'm hoping to go over to Christmas break. You know, um, there's some teams that, you know, opted out and bringing Americans for the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, some people do switch out their Americans. Yeah. Unfortunately, some people get injured. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely looking to go back to Europe, you know, by Christmas. And if not, I'm just going to be ready regardless. So, you know, that is wishful thinking. I'm hoping to be signed with a new agent or just to have an agent I'm working with. Right. You know, and then, yeah, that's that's definitely the goal right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Corey, that's all the time we have today. Uh, will you be back on the show? We do another one? Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, cool. Good. Cool. Cool. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Yes, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, this has been awesome. This has been awesome. Again, I'm Taylor Brown, and this is how I did it. Uh, you can reach Corey on Instagram. What's your handle, Corey? Is it Clovely underscore 15? Yes. See all, right. all right. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> you can reach her out then. And uh, yeah, so thank you again and um, see you next time.